President Tsai Ing-wen delivered her annual New Year's Day address on Sunday morning, highlighting four major tasks for 2023. She also responded to the widespread demand for another round of economic stimulus vouchers, saying that given the high uncertainty of global economy, a responsible government has to save up for a rainy day. Tsai also used the occasion to send a message to Beijing that war is never an option for solving problems and that Taiwan is ready to help in light of the rising number of COVID cases in China. The president and the vice president personally handed out spring couplets in red envelopes to visitors to the presidential office. In her annual New Year's Day address, Tsai gave a speech titled Unite as One, Taiwan Moving Forward, which highlighted four important missions for the new year, covering people's livelihood, the economy, national security and regional security. She also addressed an issue on which many members of the public have been focusing, whether the budget surplus would be returned to the public in the form of cash or vouchers. I know some people have been advocating that this money should be handed out equally to everyone, but at a time when the global economy is highly uncertain, as a responsible government, we must prepare for a rainy day. High-risk citizens and industries should get a higher priority in receiving our precious resources. This was not an easy decision. But for the sake of the country, we must do this, and we also ask our citizens for their understanding and support. During yesterday's meeting, we didn't discuss the distribution of economic stimulus vouchers or cash, and there was no discussion on the timetable. It'll all depend on the overall economic situation. When there's a need, we'll discuss it in detail. Cross-strait relations always get the spotlight in the annual New Year's Day address, and this year was no exception. Tsai again used the occasion to send a message to Beijing. I would also like to call on the Beijing authorities. The peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait is the common responsibility of all parties in the region, and it is also the common expectation of everyone. War is never an option for solving problems. We have seen the recent rise of COVID cases in China. If there's ever a need based on humanitarian concern, we are willing to provide necessary assistance. Vice President Lai recently introduced the slogan, Sustaining Peace to Protect Taiwan. Many are wondering if the slogan was meant to replace the DPP's long-standing slogan of fighting against China to protect Taiwan. Tsai gave a terse reply. Actually, no matter which slogan we use, I think our goal has always been consistent, and that is maintaining peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. For 744 days over the past two years, President Tsai has not given a press conference. And on the first day of 2023, she came out to field reporters' questions one after another to clearly highlight the future direction of the nation. Newly inaugurated Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan'an attended a New Year's exercise event for seniors on Sunday. Jiang was joined by his predecessor, Ke Wenzhe, who told reporters that he had doubts about Jiang's plans to issue 1,500 NT stipends for seniors. Ke had previously lowered the stipends to 1,200 NT. 
We had already set the budget for that, and then suddenly you want to increase the amount? Well, then you need to explain where that money is coming from. Do you want to alter the budgets for other things, or do you want to borrow the money? You make it clear that you want Taiwan to be a country ruled by law, so then we must administrate it according to the law. The Taipei City Council resolved a while ago to reinstate the stipend, so we are just following the budget and rules established for that in implementing this. Kerr said if Jiang wants to raise the amount of the stipends, the city's executive order would need to be revised and even formally promulgated at a municipal meeting. In response, Jiang said he was merely following procedures that had long been established. Taiwan's One Song Orchestra delighted fans for the fifth year in a row on Sunday, presenting both traditional and modern Taiwanese tunes from the country's diverse cultures. Celebrated musicians and composers join hands to share their creations as well as interpretations of some classics. Here's a sample of the concert by Taiwan's own symphony orchestra. As a unique way to ring in the new year, One Song Orchestra is bringing the sounds of Taiwan to revelers everywhere. 2023年, the group's producer Stan Shi, musical director Li Zhe-Yi, and FTV chairperson Wang Mingyu joined hands to bring Taiwan's exclusive New Year's orchestra to the world. In response to the trend of globalization through localization, the concert organizers hoped to bring the unique sounds of Taiwan to the world through the international language of classical music. The performance kicked off with a suite of Cedic songs, a collection of traditional ceremonial music. Internationally renowned Peking opera performer Wei Haimin and the symphony orchestra together provided a masterful interpretation of classical Peking opera compositions. Celebrated cellist Yan Biqing returned to the stage to reproduce old favorites. Jian's husband, renowned Swiss composer Fabian Müller, composed his Mother Earth for this year's concert, which celebrates the beauty of Taiwan's majestic landscape. Trumpet soloist Ho Chuan An, who won first prize at the National Trumpet Competition in the U.S. in 2013, delighted fans this year with a new piece that combines the Beiguan style with elements of Minan, Hakka, and other cultures in a reimagination of the traditional. One Song Orchestra is now in its fifth year and has already become a seasonal favorite among classical music lovers. 
音乐会的共同制作人施志荣先生，还有王明玉女士。EVA Air will be handing out year-end bonuses worth three months' pay this year, but its ground handling support, which is run by Evergreen Airline Services, will only hand out a bonus of just one month's pay. On Sunday, 200 of its employees staged a walkout in protest. This has led to a backup of luggage and cargo, as well as delays of 59 flights at Taoyuan International Airport, affecting more than 3,000 travelers. EVA Air says it has arranged with other ground handling companies to assist with manpower, and that the delays have gradually eased. It also apologized to passengers for the inconvenience caused. Well, there's only a week to go before the legislative by-election for Taipei Songshan and Xinyi districts. The candidates from the two major parties were out canvassing for votes on Sunday. KMT candidate Wang Hongwei was joined on the campaign trail by new Taipei Mayor Ho Youyi. Meanwhile, DPP candidate Enoch Wu said he would be joined later in the week by Gaosheng Mayor Chen Qimai, who is also the party's acting chair, as well as Vice President Lai Qingde. We'll be giving our last temple forum on January 4th before the election, and I'm very grateful that our future party chair will be in attendance, lending his support. Gaoxiong Mayor Chen Qimai said he expects to join us around the middle of the week, also to give us support. The race is really starting to heat up. I'm very thankful to New Taipei Mayor Ho Youyi for coming to join us for the second time now in this election. With Mayor Ho at our side, I feel much more confident about our prospects to win in this election. Wang said she also expects to be joined by Taichung Mayor Lu Xiuyan on Monday. Meanwhile, Wu released a campaign video on Sunday in which he emphasized his work at the grassroots and promised to strive for Taiwan's national security, competitiveness, and global connection in the legislature. Oyster farming is a big industry in Taiwan and a mainstay of Jiayi County's economy. The southern county can produce large quantities of high-quality seafood, but at a devastating cost to the environment. Nylon ropes used for oyster cultures become hardened by seawater over time, and produce over 1,000 tons of waste annually. Conservationists are now working with the industry to process that waste rope and turn it into usable plastic. They hope that adding value to recycled materials will offset the costs of recycling. Let's hear what the experts have to say in our Sunday special report. Between the coastline of Jiayi County and the nearby Waishanding Sandbar, there is a channel of water with a surface area roughly 10,000 hectares in size. Throughout the channel, oyster culture rafts can be seen dotting the surface. This oyster farming industry is the pride of Jiayi County residents. Jiayi County's farmed oysters are the best in Taiwan, in my opinion. This is because the water quality is good, and the environmental conditions here provide a natural barrier. Therefore, 70% of oysters farmed in Taiwan come from Jiayi County. The industry generates 1.1 billion NT in annual output. At six in the morning, boats depart from Jiayi's Dongshi Township. 
From the break of dawn, the oyster farmer's busy day begins. The farmer skillfully cuts strings of oysters one at a time and throws them into the machine for washing. Before the clock hits seven o'clock, the farmer's rafts are already loaded up with eight baskets each of fresh oysters, ready to be brought back to shore. Back at Xiazhuang Fishing Harbor, fully loaded fishing boats arrive one after the other. They line up and wait for their hauls to be offloaded onto the pier. At Jiayi's largest oyster processing plant, oysters come in from all of the nearby cities and counties. In the past, oysters would come in covered in mud and you would need to clean them off. But as you can see, these are very clean. The rope and the oysters get separated. A machine separates the oysters from the rope and can process 1,000 baskets of oysters per day. Each basket weighs roughly 100 kilograms, of which 60% is usable product that gets sent to restaurants. The remaining 40% is unusable oysters and rope. The question for farmers is what to do with that 40% waste. In the past, we'd take the oysters brought in and just cut them here. The rope would be stuck in this hole, so you would just mess with it to free it. The waste left behind when you wash the oysters would be swept away, and it would end up in the ditch. So the ditch would get all clogged up. When we looked at footage from underwater cameras, we discovered that the rope would harden and float away before sinking to the sea floor. That's when we realized that there is a problem with waste. Behind Jiayi's thriving oyster farming industry is 1,375 tons of waste oysters and rope generated annually. The nylon ropes used to hang oysters get hardened by seawater, causing them to deform. Some of that sinks to the bottom of the sea, while some of it gets discarded by the side of the road. It's a serious environmental problem. In the past, these waste oysters and rope were randomly discarded or burned. Today, with the local government paying 15 NT per kilogram of the waste, all of it gets piled up here. An excavator moves a pile of the waste to the middle of the road, and a steamroller crushes it. The roller goes back and forth over the waste shells and rope at least four times. We like to take the initiative. We work with recyclers who go to set drop-off locations and collect the waste rope. Basically, as long as the oyster farmers bring their waste rope and shells to these fixed locations, our recycling partners will go and pick it up, and we purchase it at value. Currently, there are 12 city and county governments that have recycling programs for aquaculture and fisheries equipment. They pay a given amount per kilogram for recycled equipment to the fishers. Things pile up and the scope of the program increasingly grows. What we are hoping for is to establish a business model. After the shells are removed, the waste rope is brought to Formosa Chemicals and Fiber Corporation's plant in Jiayi County's Xingang Township where it is given new life. Before the recycled rope can be processed, it's tested to ensure it's the right material. When recycled materials come into our plant, before processing them we do an initial inspection with this sensor gun. 
It's an infrared sensor, and we hold it up like this to test if the material is nylon 6. We can check immediately whether this material meets our requirement. The sensor's display reads N6, showing that the rope is made from nylon 6. Only the waste rope made from nylon 6 is put on the conveyor belt for processing. Through a special chemical process, the recycled nets and ropes are melted down, their constituent components separated and refined. The process produces the raw nylon material caprolactam, which is then polymerized into white nylon pellets. This process was developed specifically for processing nylon waste and reducing it back to caprolactam. We designed it for use with our own waste products. Later on, because of concerns about protecting the marine environment, someone came to us and asked if we could use the process to recycle fishing nets. This is our laboratory for testing chemicals. The nylon pellets we produce are brought to the lab, where they are tested for viscosity, moisture, degree of oxidation, amine content, extractive content, and other chemical properties. Pellets that pass testing are sent to the factory for making nylon thread. At the factory, machines pump out 300 kilometers of nylon thread per hour. What was previously waste that might have ended up in the sea gets new life here as threads of various colors. We take these recycled materials and refine them. Like this spool I have in my hand, the thread is as fine as a strand of hair. We can also add other properties to it, such as making it hydrophilic or cool to the touch or combining it with graphene. That way we can create material with better added value. This process of creating functional threads out of nylon is something that only Taiwan, South Korea, and Italy have done successfully. Popular U.S. outdoor clothing brand Patagonia partners with Formosa Chemicals and Fiber Corporation to create high-value clothing items out of recycled fishing nets and ropes. Since 2018, the partnership has resulted in 4 million articles of clothing. We pay just over 10 NT per kilogram of recycled fishing nets and ropes. When that material is used for clothing, one item of functional clothing may sell for as much as 10,000 NT. That's more than a hundredfold growth in economic value. So we call this the circular economy. The circular economy means that there is an economy for these things after they go through the cycle. However, the process of turning recycled nets and ropes into reusable materials is complicated and every step along the way adds to costs. Therefore, if there is to be a circular economy from recycling marine waste, creating high added value products is imperative. It's possible for a business model to slowly emerge, but the way to support that will be for the products to have a higher value. I think that will make the model attractive. Located in Taichung, the Plastics Industry Development Center is trying to build a circular economy supply chain. It hopes to match sources of recycled materials with brand name companies that will use the materials. Domestic companies are constantly improving their methods of recycling, and we are seeing more and more companies develop new products using recycled materials. For example, these glasses I'm holding are a first-generation product made from recyclables. They are making them more and more colorful all the time. They've since made second and third generation versions. Of course, the process of making these has its challenges. For example, the strength of the product and the way the colors appear. But they can make adjustments to the design 
and the materials used. In 2021, the Ocean Conservation Administration established an alliance to promote sustainability through recycling marine waste and invited several companies to join. In 2020, there were 1,123 tons of marine waste recycled in Taiwan, but in the following year, when the alliance was established, that number grew 70% to reach 2,009 tons. Things are already slowly changing. We are already not thinking about how to reduce costs when recycling marine waste. Now it's all about sustainability or the needs of brand name companies. We are seeing more and more that when companies work with marine waste, their costs will be comparatively higher. Our methods of processing marine waste in Taiwan are way ahead of the rest of the world. We should enlarge the scope and bring a lot more waste in for recycling. Formosa Chemicals and Fiber Corporation aims to recycle up to 750 tons of fishing nets monthly, creating the largest supply chain from recycled nets worldwide. Conservationists hope that through matching recycled nylon with business needs, they can turn trash into treasure.